for the queen. Sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti. Black girl magic, melanin popping. Whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure. You got to love a black girl getting a shift together. Black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, man. These black girls are getting a shift together. These black girls getting a shift together, dog. So today we have Renelle Nelson. Hey, Renelle, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for saying yes. So everyone, Renelle is a licensed marriage and family therapist, a certified sex therapist, and an infidelity recovery coach. Yeah, I, I like that right there. Um, she's been doing therapy, practicing therapy for over 11 years, and her passion is to assist you with your sexual, getting your sexual voice back and shattering sexual shame. I like that a lot. But in addition to that, you want to tell the folks a little bit about yourself and where you're located? Well, so I'm Renelle Nelson, like you stated. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I specialize in sexual concerns and betrayal. So I'm real, in, real into um, reconnecting intimacy and rebuilding relationships after betrayal. Mm -hmm. um, I'm from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and now I'm located in Phoenix, Arizona. Milwaukee. I've never been to Milwaukee. You hmm. <laughs> I know one, one, only one Facebook friend is from Milwaukee. So we have two people on so far as people are coming in. Let me know who you are when you see my beautiful guest and myself and my glittery lips. Make sure mm. and check. <laughs> Look, I'm feeling very um, naughty. This is these are my naughty lips tonight. Ooh, naughty lips. You see the glitter? Mm -hmm. Oh, go, go, do it then. Okay. Oh, yeah. So yeah, when everybody, if you see the the live, make sure and share it. Tag your friends. Make sure and follow Renelle's page. I will post all of that in the show notes. So Renelle, let's dive deep into okay. this conversation. <laughs> so what I noticed that people in every other facet of their life. They like to be unique. Hey, Faith, I see you. Everybody likes to be unique, um, whether how they act, how they look, where they work. But I notice when it comes to talking about sex or being very sexual, that's when it's the shh. Do you, what do you think about that? And why is there so much shame? Um, it all depends on the space that you're in with yourself and the environment you grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times sex is shameful um, to a certain degree. Again, depending on what your background is. And sex is kind of like a nighttime topic. 
you know, it's like intimacy is secret. You know, it's something that we do behind closed doors. So a lot, a lot of people to this day is not comfortable talking about sex. And then once we talk about that sex is more than intercourse, it's more personal into yourself. A lot of people are not aligned with their sexuality, yeah. um, with their gender, uh, what, what arouses them. So those things um, create chaos. So mm -hmm. you're not going to see so many people open about it unless they did the research about it. Right. Do you feel that some people that feel shameful about sex, maybe their parents projected their views on sex on the child? It comes from your um, background, from what you were taught, and then also about the trauma you may experience. You may have said something about sex and you could have been shunned. You may be ashamed to have that conversation again. And again, if you don't know yourself, and some people don't like to feel stupid. So they think, so we in a you ought to know culture. So a lot of people are not going to ask the questions because we think our men ought to know. And some people think as a woman, I ought to know. So when you ought to know, uh, you need to know or you should know, uh, society a lot of people are suffering in uh, silence about that. Do you find that some people it's hard to un unlearn the shame, so to speak? I find that it's harder for them to embrace uh, to embrace healthy than dysfunction, and that's a whole nother therapy session. You know, why do you hold on to something that hurt or hinder instead of being open to something that's pleasing and loving? So that's a whole therapeutic way of doing it. And sometimes that dysfunction really uh, defines them. That dysfunction, mm -hmm. they are they are the dysfunction. And then if you take away the dysfunction, they don't know who they are. So that's when they don't want to let it go. So it seems like everything goes right back to trauma. Yes. Damn, that's kind of deep. So let me ask you this. What made you want to become a sex therapist? I wanted to become a sex therapist because I didn't have anybody who looked like me. Yeah. Um, I grew up, um, I don't think we talked about it really educational wise. And I think that even growing up, um, sex was done onto us, you know, growing mm -hmm. up and I was probably hypersexual. What do you um, mean onto us? Uh, we were taught to give sex, so onto us. Sex was given onto us, meaning like onto my body. I wouldn't, I didn't understand the disconnection is that sex can be an enjoyable. I supposed to get pleasure from it instead of giving pleasure. Yeah. So, um, I, nobody was talking about that. And as we mature older, it seemed like that conversation was getting less and less. So I wanted to be the person I needed when I was growing up to really connect the dots about sexuality and including sexual intercourse and also that self-esteem issue. So when I wanted to go into sex, I wanted to become who I needed at that time. Wow. That's pretty damn impressive. Mm -hmm. So everyone, um, I met Renelle. Actually, not met, but I saw you. You were on, either on... <sighs> Dating with Darkness. I don't know, Dr. Natalie Jones. Mm -hmm. It was either her podcast, Therapy for Black Girls, or Celeste the Therapist. I'm obsessed with all of those podcasts. I was on all three. Well, there you go. I was on all three. <laughs> but when I heard you, I, which one of the three, I don't know, or could have been all of them, I was so drawn to you. 
and I went right on your Instagram. I knew you were a sister. I just, I just knew it. But when I saw you, you were just so relatable on the shows. And then when I saw that, I was like, yeah, she's a true sister, sister. And I, I love that. And I, I feel like a lot of people would definitely relate to you because you don't, in my opinion, you don't sugarcoat it. It, it is what it is. I like you keep it real for the culture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like the uh, the pleasure pusher. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, all right. Are there a lot of uh, sisters that are sex therapists as parents? Yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of us. It's a lot of us educators. It's a lot of all different components. Education, counseling, mm-hmm. um, therapy. It's a lot of us. You know, it's like it's not many of us, but it's plenty of us. Really? So it depends on the area you have to look. And it's really even um, sisters and just uh, more women of color. So are getting into it because we want to help our communities because more it's just seeing that more people feel comfortable talking to somebody who look like them and not just because we look alike we don't have a shared experience but at least that they know that we can relate in some type of level. Absolutely, that's why when I was in therapy, my therapist looked like me. I didn't have to go into any extra talk. She just got it, which that was an extra layer of connection. So I love that. So on your Instagram, on your social media, you have the hashtag coming a uh, conversations. Communicate before communications before coming. Before Communicate before coming. Let's see it, sis. Communicate before coming or wherever it is. Yeah. There That's it is. Uh-huh. So That's my tagline. What what made you think of the tagline and like what was the birth of that? Because I deal with, a, I, I'm a couples therapist. I deal with a lot of relationships. And a lot of people I know are so willing to give their all to somebody without even being on the same page. Um, mm. A lot of people I found are more reactive than proactive. They have mm-hmm. all the questions after the sex, like, are we going to be together? What did it is? And the like, and it, came, it created more chaos. So I want a more proactive approach and it's communicating coming because before we get in the same bed, we need to get on the same page. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot of stuff and details that I ask a lot of questions like, you know, asking about, um, are we going to be monogamous or not? You know, um, are we going to be, what protection are we going to use? STD mm-hmm. testing. Is it somebody we should know about that you're going to bring in the bed with us? Meaning you got a whole entanglement going on. Right. You know, that, that we talk about is so deep, you know, should to shave or not to shave, you know, mm-hmm. what are your desires? What do you expect from this? It's the conversations that should go before the sex instead of after the sex. Right. You know, sometimes in hookups, um, even with hookups and spontaneous hookups, I still feel you should be on the same page to even know if it's going to be a hookup. This is a hookup. This is a booty call. I'm not going to be with you tomorrow. So it's still whatever yeah. you do, I want you before you get in the bed to get on the same page, get in each other's head. Because it's going to say, what they say, honestly, save a lot of us a lot of problems. It really does. It really does. So one of my, oh, Sharifa is on here. My friend Sharifa, she said to you right now, say it, sister. Mm-hmm. And she says that she asked all of the above questions. Mm-hmm. So what would you tell somebody, male or female, if they don't feel comfortable 
being open up and upfront. And I find that it's weird that we're so easy to open our legs, but find it difficult to open our mouths. So what would you think is easiest? Yeah, yeah. You're right. And I feel like if you're grown, grown, you should be able to speak what you want. Definitely. So many of us are disconnected from our bodies. What do you mean? How many of us are not connected? Are we are we our disconnection from the next? Our head is not matching our genitalia. So Ooh. I can give somebody that part, but I can't give them this part because this part is so intimate. Right? right. So I can give you half of me, but not all of me. Right. So that's how you can have sex with somebody and really not give them all of you. That's why I say you got to get on the same page because sex means different things. It's different people. One hand, somebody might be commitment. Another person may just be the um, pleasure, you know, mm -hmm. because it's all about the alignment in the body. You can have sex and not have intimacy. Remember, intimacy is not sex. Ooh. Right? Sex is just the act. So, of course, we can open up, bust it wide open, do everything right. we want to do because we disconnected and we're there for the performance. We're not there for the pleasurable journey. Damn, that was good. Mm -hmm. That resonated. That resonated. So Sharifa said, uh, she said, ooh. Oh, because she is cheering you on. I love Sharifa. And she said she never looked at it that way, what you just said. See? I so somebody had texted me a question. I'm going to read you a few of them, okay? Um, oh, one person asked, is there such a thing as too much porn? Um, so, um, is too much of anything is bad for you. Mm -hmm. And if porn interferes with your daily life, that you have to have it, then we got to look at, you know, far as, um, addiction. And I don't really like that word, but if it's too much of anything is bad for you. But if you find that you can't live without it, you got to do it. You can't even work. That's a different story. But, um, too much porn, porn is entertainment. Porn is entertainment. It um, is. Is watching a Netflix show, you know. So I would say, is Netflix too much for you? Can you do too much Netflix? You know. So that's how my views on porn because porn is entertainment. It's for an entertainment scope. Is it different genres of porn? Yes. Is it women friendly? Couples friendly? Women of directors? Yes. It's some education in the porn. I hate that it has to go under the title of porn because it is some good sensual stuff and educational material. Right. Just watching two people have sex, you do you, you do that on HBO, where it That's used to be after night. Now you can turn on your favorite show and see all that. So right. I would say um, too much of anything is bad. I would just say monitor it. And if it starts interfering that you need it and desire it more than normal, then let's talk. Mm, okay. You know, I was just thinking that when you're talking about communicating before coming and everyone, that's our hashtag or tagline, which I think is pretty dope. And if you have any questions, type them in the uh the notes so i can see you post your questions but um let everybody know when you're communicating before coming i believe ronell isn't just talking about people who just meet each other it's also couples that been in relationships for a while correct yeah because a lot of the couples i deal with assume when you start assuming stuff you missing out a lot because you got this whole play in your head but you forget to tell the person next to you they're wrong. 
What are their lines? So that's what that's what really kills a lot of stuff is expectation. Sometimes right. you gotta get out of your head and get in the reality. And how you do that is by communicating. You know, my other um, my other saying is like communication is like lubrication for relationships. You know, yeah. add, add plenty of it. You add it smooth, and it make everything so smoothly and less friction. You have to communicate. And remember, communication, no relationships are really small, intimate conversations. If you're not conversating, you don't really have a relationship, you have a situation, right? So Ooh. I have this stuff where even with my married couples, you know, you assume stuff, but we, you're going to evolve or die, right? So stop thinking you know everything and let your partner be so, you just so um, inquisitive about it. Like, what do you want to do now? And remember, we change. Your desire changes. Your arousal changes. And how are you going to keep up with those changes if you assume that what you did last year, they still like, but you see they pulling away? You got to ask them, hey, what's good? You don't want that anymore? Or what can I do? So you have to. And you know what? I believe if a mate or partner says nothing, that's also communicating too. I think it's bad communication, but what do you think? They're pulling back. Communication is communication. So we know that even by nonverbals or anything like that, and it's going to take the other partner not to match their energy, but to say, what's going on? How can we work through this? And how can I support? But again, that comes from a healthy relationship because right. so many of my couples match that energy. And I let them know um, that's not really a team. We know it's no win. Winners or losers, we gone. Both win and we both gonna lose. So stop thinking that because you reach out to your partner that you're doing something over beyond. If you don't want to do it, try to realize why are they your partner if you don't want to put in the extra mile. Wow. So I just thought of this. What if some a couple's been together for a while? This just popped in my head. And say one, they've had vanilla sex for more than half of their relationship and then the next day the one partner decides to communicate that they want they want to get into kink but the other partner wants to stay vanilla that would be like what do you do with that what do you advise your clients it's called compromise and it's all how you it's all how you communicate um communicate is more than just bumping your guns it's the intent it's the delivery you know you can't come home and just throw some handcuffs and be like, what we going to do, right? It's all about leading up to that, this conversation. And say, and say, you know, I would like to explore this. What do you think about it? It's looking at the books. It may be looking at um, a video. It may be going to the store together. It may right. be seeing what, do, what will they do? What won't they do? It's all conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So get out of your head and get into your partner. See and talk, don't assume. You know, you assume that they don't want that, but maybe they don't want how you're delivering it. And then it's levels to that. You're not gonna go from what you say, vanilla to full-fledged bondage. You know, you play with some pretty handcuffs. You play right. with it. Even that is to be discussed. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't discuss. And that's uh another thing. For the for the listeners, Sharif, I see your question. I'll get to it in a second. So, um, can you explain to everybody what is considered kink for anybody who does not know? Kink is so thing. It's so BDSM bondage is something, and 
submissive, masculine. It's just, just think of kink as, and you know what? I'm going to give it to your listeners to define their own way of kink. I can say a way, but it's with a partner. BDSM, that'd be a good date night question. Every time, I always feed you. Feed each other. Why don't you get the book? Why don't you look up BDSM? Why don't you look at kink? Say, what do you think kink is? And what do I think kink is? And let's look and see what kink is. Right? Because right. I can tell you what it's all interpretation. Because I don't want me to say something and then you're going to do what Renelle say kink is. But that don't resonate with your relationship. So that's a good date night activity. See, I wanna, I'm want i a conversation instigator. I love to start yeah. some shit that y'all need to do it on your own. Don't go by what the sex therapist say. What do you say? Because see, I'm not in the bed with y'all. I'll okay. just tell you, I'll tell you a way, but I don't tell you the way. You, you are the expert of your relationships. And I love to do date night activities because some people are like, what do we want to do? What are we going to do? This is a perfect thing. Let's discover kink. I love it. Well, speaking of you not being in the bedroom with anybody, would you consider a couple who are into threesomes, is that considered cheating? If they're both on the same page? No. No. Remember, um, betrayal is when somebody goes outside the contract. Can you betray in a polyamorous relationship? Yes, because you're going something out of the contract. Um, a threesome is consent. It's just consent. But again, you got to communicate before coming. You got to have the boundaries, the um, diameters, what we're going to do, the testing, who is going to be, you know, location. All that stuff needs to be communicated. So, no. Uh, the threesome is not uh, cheating, but it's still consensual. Everything mm-hmm. is consensual. Mm-hmm. So you, about, you just can't jump down and have somebody in your bedroom knocking on the door, get naked. You got to say, you know, <laughs> who is this planning? Some people get down like that. But right. I think the people who get down like that have the conversations previously. Right. And they get to surprise. Right. Right. So it's not a surprise because they talked about it. You know what? I just thought of this. So let me tell you this story. (laughs) This was a while ago. So I was dating a man and we went to his friend's house for a couple. They were a couple. It was a birthday party. So he told me that they were swingers. But, and I was like, oh, okay. But I knew nothing was going to go down because the mother was there, the grandmother. So we're all sitting at the table. And so the wife was talking, the wife, the husband, my man and I, and about three other people. And she was saying, well, yeah, I had a breakup with my boyfriend. So now I'm looking because I thought he was really just bullshitting. But yeah, they... It was cool because they were all on the same page. And so somebody had asked, well, why did you break up with him? And she said, because his dick was too big and that her husband was okay with her sleeping with him, but it was hard for him. The moral of the story is they were so cool and down with it. I thought it was cool just because they had open communication. It wasn't jealousy and I think yeah. something like that, a couple will stay together, right? Not, yeah, not all necessarily betrayal and stuff happened in those relationships too. How? So nothing is good because sometimes everybody can slip up and not communicate. 
You know, somebody might fall in love and that wasn't contracted. Somebody got to get another partner that wasn't contracted. Those are non-consensual non-monogamous relationships are good, but they have their concerns also. I have so many people who have been dealing with infidelity and think they should just open up their relationship. And I tell them that's not what non-monogamous relationships are. It's, it's, it's more, it's levels to it. So just because you want to invite somebody into your bed, that's not no. um, a non-monogamous relationship. I think no. that would be the wrong move. No, it's a lot to deal with that. So a lot of it is education. A lot of it is talking. A lot of it is consent. Right. Mm -hmm. and you just can't assume. Assume that what's worked for them may work for us because a lot of times we do stuff because we feel it's right, but it's not right. Yeah. And you know what? You're right. We know it's not right because we can feel it here mm -hmm. and go through the act. But when you have that visceral, uh, visceral reaction to it, you know it's not right. And that's not good. Seems like you, need to you need to talk about that with your partner because so many partners do what they partner want them to do to keep it. Mm. Keep and that that forms resentment. There's a lot of people who get into um, consensual contracts, but basically because of force. So that's another thing you want to do because you got to be honest with yourself. And that's what comes from self-intimacy. Right. Do you feel that there's more uh, cons with consensual threesomes that it'd be more uh, male, female, female or female, female, male? It depends on it. I mean, I'm in a lot of venues that I can't say is one or the other. Really? Surprised. You'd be surprised what people consent to and everything. Um, you just hear about one more than the other. But the other one do exist. Wow. Okay, let me see. Have another question here. Somebody sent me. Is it why is it easier going through the act of sex, but difficult? Oh, we already covered that. As far as the communication, um, one person said, "How do you say that you want to spice things up with your partner if you're bored or you're too shy?" Okay. So if you want to spice things up, I will first do a self-inventory and get on the same page on what spice means. Spice may mean um, an outfit. Spice may mean a toy. Spice to him might mean another person. You need to get right. on the same page of what spice means and then come together. Another date night idea. You know, you come together and say, um, how is our relationship going? How can we approve it? What's on your sex bucket list? You know? ah. and just remember, we talk about fantasy. Some things are just fantasies. They don't need to be acted out. They're just fantasies. You don't have to act on all your fantasies because that's just what they are. They just take you away. Just leave them in your head sometimes. People think that they come up with these fantasies and don't want to share them. You're just sharing something like a daydream or something. doesn't mean you want to act on it. But you let your partner in on different stuff. So I would just say, see what spice. Remember, words are key. See what spice up means to you and what means to your partner. Be able to share what spice up means to you. So don't say, I want to spice up the relationship and leave it up to your partner to come up with something. Oh, yeah. If it's something um, 100 and you just surprised they said it, you can't get mad because that's their spice enough. Right. Right. 
again, we got to get on the same page. Get on the same page before we get in the same bed, right? So mm-hmm. that's all it is, is talking about what that word means. So mm-hmm. it's all conversations and then exploration. Writing it down on a list and do everything uh, weekly, monthly, whatever you want to do and have fun with it. Make stuff fun. Make adventure. You yeah. say you book you know, it's not, remember, it's not up to your partner to entertain you, you know, so you have to see what you need for entertainment, then share what you want to do. And remember, a healthy relationship is two individual persons, people, right? So mm-hmm. you have to have happiness and joyfulness outside of your relationship to really appreciate it and bring it into the relationship. So right. many times so much stuff onto our partner. They're supposed to make us happy, make us laugh, make us this, make us that. And it wears down the relationship. So I'm telling you, be about your own self sometimes. Exactly. I did a one of my episodes on my pod. It was, I haven't released it yet, but it's about self-validation. Because when you put that on a friend, a spouse, partner, whoever, that, I don't think that that's fair to that partner because it should come from within. Because then what if that partner is gone? I think that's how people lose themselves. Your partner is there to support you. So you communicate what your triggers are. Communicate what your needs are. They're there to support you and hold your hand. But they mm-hmm. can't heal. They can support you in your healing, but they can't heal. Right. Interesting. I like that. So Sharifa, she just posted what would you tell a young person? Oh, what would you tell a young person who is afraid to tell someone to use a condom? I would tell a young person who afraid to use a condom is that you giving somebody all of you. If you can't advocate for yourself, you don't need to be having sex with. I love that. It's your life. Everybody who you have sex with, you know, we go old school. You know, what your mama and your grandmama say. Everybody you lay down with is your potential, if it's, um, uh, you know, heterosexual, potential child's father, right? And it's real, right? So you got to think about that. So if somebody you don't want to wear a condom, is that somebody you want to be with? That's somebody you can't even, you don't feel safe with and you can't talk to. So that's already a des- destination for disaster. That is mad disaster. And then especially if the, the partner doesn't say anything, I can see resentment building up. Then you don't want to have sex. I was asked a young lady, maybe she should stop trying to find have sex and try to find out what she wanted, what she needs. Because right now she's already down on going down a downward sports spiral of giving people pleasure and not wanting to advocate for herself, which is pleasing. Oh, Sharif, I I hope you heard that just so you can relate to your person, your young person, whoever it is. And Renell, she said, thank you, sis. So I have a question. I don't know if you can answer it or not. Um, Has any of your clients ever said anything? And as a sex therapist, you're like, oh, in your head? No. I love you. <laughs> you know what? The, um, the tricks of the trade is and how we're taught, I don't yuck other people young. I saw that on your Instagram. Young, and that's what we say in our industry. I don't yuck anybody young. But one thing I don't tolerate is like abuse for animals and children. Absolutely. And 
you know, stuff like that. When it gets to like fetishes that's out, you know, long as it don't harm anybody else and it's consensual, I say go for it. But when it goes to stuff that cross boundaries, I will um, stop the session and refer out or if sometimes have to call the police. When you say refer out, meaning? It's other therapists that specialize in fetishes. And that's one thing is- Really? I, I don't want to do harm. So sometimes what I won't do, somebody else do. Like I deal with affairs. Affairs are my jam. Infidelity is my jam. Uh, couples are my jam. A lot of cu- a lot of therapists don't want to do couples and they don't touch affairs. A lot, of, a lot of therapists don't touch sex. That's why we sex therapists and people come to us. Some people have two therapists, a regular therapist and a sex therapist. So it's somebody for everybody. I might not can deal with fetishes, but I know somebody who will be, and they'd be comfortable with guiding me through that. I'm just not comfortable with it. Okay. And that's, how we, and that's just because we are trained not to do harm. That's very responsible. You know, that makes sense because I'm in the dental field. So when there's a general dentist that doesn't feel comfortable straightening a tooth, you're right. I see how they will refer to an orthodontist or different fields of dentistry. So that's, and you will get the best of care that way. That's their specialty. The specialist. Okay. So speaking of infidelity being your jam, have you ever met a couple or coached a couple that they just could not get over that hump? Really? So what do you tell what do you tell a a spouse just leave or work through it? I'm just there. I'm again, I'm not the I'm just a um the expert in the field, but you're the expert of your life. So I just give you education for you to form your own decisions. I'm right. that's what my that I didn't have when I was going through um, an affair. I didn't have an education behind it. I just had the matter of fact, a man going to be a man. You got to deal with this. Just, just that. Nobody told me really the education behind it. So now I educate. Um, I'm an infidelity educator because I want you to understand um, infidelity, betrayal, monogamy. I want you to understand that and you want to apply it to your own relationship. Right. Our relationships um, can't and should be saved. A lot of times stuff is not savable, but because they're not savable doesn't mean you can't get healed. Right. So so the relationship is not savable. I want to assist you in healing and understanding so you don't take that shit to the next. Right. My whole thing is I want to educate you because sometimes you decide to uncouple, but through the healing of education, we find out it's not your fault or we help him understand why he is cheating. And if that can't be made, you're going to live again, but let's take a healthy approach in the next next relationship. So that's yeah. why I'm an infidelity educator, because I want to educate you so you can make the best choice on your personal situation. What have been some reasons that a man has cheated and some reasons, like what's the common thread? What men said it's not sex. It's not sex all the time. Communication is a big thing. Emotion, emotional betrayal a lot. Um, Financial infidelity is a lot. Can you Um, explain that? Financial is just not people mismanaging their money and not letting their partner know. Secret bank accounts, um, spending up all the money and not letting me know. They feel betrayed. 
right? Mm. Betray, that's fine. You talk about financial fidelity, it's infidelity too. It's a financial betrayal. Those are coming a lot, especially in the black community, because we don't talk about money. Right? We, we damn sure do not. Sometimes we get to the position that we got to take care of the whole damn family, right? Right. And we don't tell our partner that we done bought mama house, sister car, and then when it's time for us, we can't pay a bill. Sometimes that interrupts the relationship. So mm -hmm. money is a big issue culturally. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that. I'm dealing more with um, African Americans now because it's just a long stopping that generational curse because we don't talk about money, right? Right. Besides that, you know, with sex, is a lot of this communication. A lot of it is um, men don't cheat because of sex. Sometimes it's because um, it's split sex. There's so many different kinds of affairs. And it's just not one size fits all. And that's why I try to educate it about. But um, the bottom line is to cheat is a choice. So that's what we talk about. Why did you make that choice? And that comes from that self-intimacy, knowing their self. So it's deep. Affairs and stuff is um, deep. Monogamy, how society, and it's deeper than the diet because look how society treated. Look how you grew up. You know, how did you learn about affairs? How did you learn about betrayals? Look at how society, you get a, a book deal, a movie for being a mistress. You know, right. you Instagram models. You see famous people letting follow somebody on IG and having an affair in a DM. You know, it's all about that. So it's so much bigger. And that's what I like to do is educate on that just so you can make the best decision for you and your partner. Mm, mm. So when you, what about somebody, a family who has, no, here's one. There's a couple, husband has cheated. They have kids. Do you think it's right or should the wife stay because they have kids and the sake of keeping the family together because she may not have grown up with a father in the family. She doesn't want her kids going through the same thing. We can make all kinds of excuses to, excuses to say in a dysfunctional household because that's what we're used to. Mm. So we can say that, but the environment and I talk to a lot of kids that um, live through affairs and they already know. So you think you're doing a service for the kids and they already know. They already know because it's not the same. And it comes like, so you got to ask yourself, would I rather have a toxic environment from living with this man or a more healthy environment living apart from this man? It's all what you want and what you want to put up with. And again, that's a learned behavior. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes we saw our parents, our grandparents, our aunties, our cousins sacrifice it all for the sake of family only because of the expectations. But the reality is they're still hurting and they hurt the kids. See, and I don't believe in self-sacrifice at all. And that's what it is. I think if somebody, this is just my opinion, you let me know. If somebody stays in a relationship, I think they're projecting once again what they went through on the kids. And it's like holding the, the child hostage for like. And everything through the time. And I have a lot of people who stay together because um, of finances finances and um, abuse, you know? So that is like um, a broad question and there's so many dynamics 
I'm not saying everybody can and should leave. Some um, relationships after betrayal can be put back together better than ever, but it takes two in commitment, while other ones can't. But you have to know your person. You got to know um, not what you want to happen, what the reality of is happening. Have they ever did this? These are the things we look at. You know, is it something? Do we have a plan? I had a, a client who the um, dad was a habitual betrayer. He kept getting caught. But the mother said, you wanted these kids. You're going to stay with me until I raise these kids. So they consented to stay together until the kids were 18. Really? How did it that work? Excuse I me? mean, it was consensual. I don't know how it was going to work, but they said they planned it out. So they planned to do family stuff, live together, do family things. But they had also outside dynamiters and lives. So they knew not to put, bring nothing to the family. They had other partners and everything, but their family was the core. That probably worked for them right now. Would it work for everybody? No, but that's the whole thing. You got to talk about it. Uh, yeah, that, that is Stop true. Stop trying to fit yourself in a box. Stop trying to fit yourself in a box. So many times that expectation and want to do like everybody do. Like I tell people who've been betrayed and they going by what everybody else do. All affairs are not the same. Your man could have had a one night stand, but somebody else can have habitual affairs, you know? Yeah. Hurt is hurt. Hurt is hurt. And the um, treatment for the hurt is different. But when you comparing them, some, I had a couple of one night stands where were very remorseful. And they worked it out. And I had some habitual affairs where they worked it out. So it depends on the people. Mm. Okay, there's another question. And if you all have any other questions, make sure and type them in because Raynell, being the therapist she is, she has a client right after this live. So y'all need to put your questions in like now. So Sharifa, she just wrote... How do you feel about going from one relationship to another? What do you mean, Sharifa? Is that a little broad? Serial dating, we already know, and as a woman, sometimes they say the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else. And we know that's not true because you don't really give yourself time to heal. And sometimes you take those same toxic behaviors on to another relationship. I always ask when people break up, you know, we put so much onto our partner that we feel when we leave them, it's going to be the cure all, that everything's going to be better. And it's not because nobody tells you just because you leave the relationship, the trauma still exists. And sometimes you're going to have to simmer in that shit to heal from it because you don't, because right. sometimes trauma is what you cause. Nobody, everybody want to point fingers about their partner, but some of that shit is yours. And so, you when you, can you explain? Like some of the stuff you, your expectations, your unrealistic goals. Sometimes we put project our unmet and um, unhealed trauma onto our partners because our daddy didn't do something. We projected onto somebody. Our mothers didn't do this, so we projected onto them. We set so many high expectations that they can't reach just to fulfill ourselves that maybe we don't need anybody. Mm. So sometimes we set ourselves up for failure. And we think by Sometimes when love dies down, we think love is gone, so we hop to another person. So sometimes we chase that anxious love and that love drug, but it's we just don't understand that love stabilizes. And I have a lot of people who love hot because they love on that high. And that's mm -hmm. come from a lot of infidelity. 
when they think that relation is like this, it's just mature. So they go, what they do, they go to another person because they get that anxiousness and then that plateau. Then they go to anxiousness and they plateau. So they just hop, hop, hop around because they follow their emotions. Oh, yes. Because it is like a drug. It really is. Because when that high goes down, you want another shot. Biological, I'm not lying. You can look it up. The um, love chemicals, you know, serotonin, dopamine, you know, so natural high, and you chase those. Wow. So sometimes you like you're going to chase it, chasing Jason. You're going to chase it like a little crackhead. So that's how it is. What do I think about it? I'm all into self. I'm all into self. Yeah. And sometimes you keep attracting the same people. It's you, it's your energy, you know. You attract what you put out. And a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you if you say you don't, you're not good for nothing, you're gonna attract everybody ain't good for you to prove yourself right. Exactly. Another thing with a lot of women say they don't want this and they don't want that, but do they do want it to prove that they can do something? You know, you have these women that I don't want to teach no, I don't want to teach my man this, but why do you keep getting kids as students then? Or have part Part of you want to do it because that puffs your chest up. I did this for him. I did this for him. But then if you get a person on that same level, you can't have that same puffiness. So what do you do? You seek out unconsciously people underneath you so you can feel like somebody. But they ain't ready to hear me, though. <laughs> they ain't ready. Sharifa said you hit it on the dang nose, sis. <laughs> and she said, wow, she's going to go talk to her sister. Thank you. They ready for you, girl. Just let, let it go. Let it loose for now. Because a lot of people come to me and want to do couples. And even in the couples, I say, some of that ain't his shit. Some of it is yours. Or, you know, depending on what the race, you know, the, the sex of the couple, sometimes it's not your partner's. Sometimes it's yours. And sometimes you want me to heal or put pick. And I say, I'm not here to pick who's right. I'm here to say what's right. And sometimes mm-hmm. you, you you know, you toxic. You going in it. So that's mm-hmm. me and couples therapy. I keep it real with you that sometimes you need your own session or you need to just have your own get naked with yourself and then you can better present yourself with your partner. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, self-accountability is huge. That we avoid because we don't like ourselves. Exactly. We don't like ourselves. We don't love ourselves. I believe when we say certain things, oh, well, I don't trust my man or all men cheat, all women cheat. Those are affirmations. I mean, I really don't believe the universe can tell if it's positive or negative. They just feel that vibration going out and you will attract that. The na- narrative. So many people got saturated languages, and I am very keen on language. I'm very petty with language. I will stop. I will stop. Miss people can say a whole paragraph, and I go back to one word because Ooh. that one word set the whole tone. You know. Did so you say you were petty? You petty with the conversation? Very petty. In what way? I love it. I'm very petty with stuff. Give me an example. Know, like if you use the word and you say just with anything and you say a word that set the tone for your whole feeling, the victimization, the blame. 
I will pick the word you use and give it back to you. Because sometimes you're so used to that saturated, negative, hopeless language, it becomes part of you. And I say, and my favorite thing is like, would you fuck you? Would you be in a relationship with you? Who want to be with somebody who nag and complain all the damn time? I agree. Oh, let me ask you this. We're going to start winding it down soon because I see it's almost at an hour. So let me ask, well, let me know if you agree with this. So my aunt, she's a psychiatrist and she told me a long, long, long time ago, I never forget. She said when a couple, and we're just going to use man, woman and heterosexual, if a woman is overbearing with her man, and always, um, like you said, just nagging ass all the time that more than likely he's going to cheat on her because he will get sick or tired of having sex with his mother. Is, what do you think about that? Men don't F their mothers. So sometimes I teach my women to come in as more as um, a relationship and a partner more than an overbearing mother. And it's how you word stuff and it's how you phrase stuff. I use it. I wouldn't say cheat, but I would say like this, men don't F their mothers, right? So if you act like a mother and I know you want the best for them, but look at your delivery. So right. I, do agree. I do agree with that a lot. And especially, I'm not going to say cheat, but I say disengage. Because yeah. all men, you know, contrary to belief, all men don't cheat. And sometimes you can cheat with a person. Um, I don't say person, place, or thing. But sometimes she can be just like betrayal can be. I'd rather be at work than with you. I'd rather be with my friends than with you. But um, cheating don't always have to be a sexual encounter with somebody. You know, I mm -hmm. know a lot of conflict in relationship. Video games. You know, my man is always on a video game. My man is mm -hmm. already always on TV. He could be watching regular TV or porn. So everything doesn't have to do with a human body and sex. So I do agree with that, especially with how a lot of us, and I'm claiming me, was raised with hollering and fussing. You know, I had to learn that myself that all that, that doesn't, um, you can't talk to everybody like that, everybody. And we know it don't work because if you have an overbearing mother, you know how they tune out. So just say, I say you have the first three seconds for conversation and somebody going to talk to you. It's how you come. It's your delivery. You know, yeah. we, Versus, honey, I think we need to talk about something. Or do you got space for a minute? It's all those first three seconds to make somebody feel if they're going to talk to you or not. And that's communication. Right. That Yeah, that is true. You know, uh, I was talking to a friend, matter of fact, this week. And we were making a joke, even though it was true, how we would go after work. We'd go to, a, not him and I together, but we'd been at restaurants picking up takeout. And at the bar... All you saw were men. They weren't even talking with each other. They may have had a beer in front of them and they were watching the game or you know, just something, but they and they all had wedding rings on. And you could tell it's five o'clock. They didn't want to go home. I'm well, thinking I mean, I teach my couples to have that respite. I teach rituals. Before you go home, you should have a detox because sometimes your home is your sanctuary. Sometimes mm -hmm. you need a space. You might go to Starbucks and see all women. 
Mm-hmm. Right? You may go to a food place and see uh, all women uh, sitting down having a drink before they go to work. I say you need a buffer sometimes. I tell my couples to take the long way home. You need to detox because you can't take that home. Whatever wow. you need, I even advise when my couples get home to take a shower. We have um, consensual times and we sit down and say, okay, when I get home from work, give me 10 minutes. That for me to read the mail, to use the bathroom, don't talk to me. For me to eat, right? So it's better for us to have on the same ground than as soon as I get on, ah, what about this? What about that? And then you're going to get that reaction from me, right? So this is the things that you can be proactive when you're in a relationship and discuss with your partner these things. I believe Mm -hmm. like like when they go home, they're probably better than if they went straight home. Right. Can you suggest any other detoxes for people who are in relationships? Or even- I say mindful showers. I say go in and pretend like you're not taking a shower. You wash the day off. Yeah. Taking off clothes, taking a walk, you know, um, going after work and going to work out. You know, going and pulling over and just breathing for a few minutes. Breathing. You know, you can have a buffer. Or when you go home, sometimes you get home. At different times, take that time and have space for yourself so you can really be present when your partner come home. Mm-hmm. Right? You can't expect change and not change. Oh, right? break that down a little bit. I like that. Change takes change. You want change, but you don't want to change. That's selfish, yeah? Selfish, but it's, um, it's selfish, but you don't know until you know. You know, you keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And conversation over and over again is not getting anywhere. But you don't dawn on you, maybe I should switch it up. Maybe I should change it. Maybe should I ask my partner, how can we better do this? We in a relationship where we leave our partners out on a lot of conversation. We had this whole thing going on in our head and they're the last to know. Rumination is real. I'm telling you, it's never ending. So Rhonda, hey Rhonda, Rhonda wanted to know how accurate are love languages? Love language is accurate to a certain extent. Love mm-hmm. language, I would say, is not the QR because it was made, it's cultural. It's cultural. But I do say that um, I've seen different means that you got to adapt it to your lifestyle. I do say that some of it makes sense, but you got to adapt it to your man. I can't adapt it to mine. Right. You know, he words of affirmation. What the shit does that mean? You know, it's language. Remember, women are more well-versed than men. Or, you know, I don't want to be so hetero on here, but I'm just saying sometimes a partner is more well-versed in emotion, in more talking in therapeutic stuff than that. You got to understand that. And then you might learn your love languages, but how sexy would it be to share and educate on what it means? Mm. That's it. Tell us about your love language is this. Baby, this is what it is and this is what it means. Right. And then give examples of that. That's sexy. Instead yeah. of being where the book said this and this is you. Nobody want to hear that shit. <laughs> how does that apply to me, right? So how can it then do realistic things about how it look in our relationship? Mm. Well, you know, this I think that's your love language. You like, you know what you write. I like when you do this. What is that engagement and conversation? So I think um, the love language is very accurate in starting the conversation. 
Right. And Rhonda said, thank you. And hey, gorgeous. <laughs> so a couple more quick questions. I just thought of this when you said how women are a lot more well-versed. Do you think with lesbian couples that they are more um, engaging? Because women, we do talk a lot. Would they? I hate to say healthier relationships, but the lines of communication aren't as skewed. I would say with any, I don't want to say one sex is better than the other one because I'm here to tell you all relationships have problems. Yeah. Right? So even as I'm just going to say, it's always one partner who reads, who goes to therapy, who's on the blogs, who self-educates their self more so than another partner. Right. Or if you have two educated partners Sometimes one educate on this and another educate on that. I'm just mm. saying sometimes we are real versed in other areas and we need to learn each other. Yeah. Right? That's when we come to that. Remember, common sense is not common to everybody. Just because me and you look alike, we got different experiences. We black women, we can share some stuff, but our traumas, our stuff is so different. Right? But yeah. we don't know that. As we come, we talk, and that's why we like we individual. We never assume we discuss. So that's one thing. What I find in some um, heterosexual relationships, I have to educate the women who are in therapy, who's doing this, and they have a man who work all day. He doesn't know what you're talking about. It's not that he's dumb. It's right. that he doesn't know what you're talking about. You hit him with love languages. What is that? He know he's cooking for you, providing for you, and want to have the sex with you. Right, you have to educate on that. So that's when you come off your high horse, and you say, you know what? Let's learn together, and that's sexy. That very sexy. Building intimacy, which leads to better sex. The act of it. So, all right. Well, we're gonna start wrapping it up. Um, have a rapid fire questions for you, just off the cuff. Choose a number between one and two. Three. Two. That was quick. Between I was going to say three, too. That's funny. Okay. Does size matter? No. Okay. That'll be another topic. We're going to have you back. <laughs> okay. AM or PM sex? Both. Okay. Vanilla or kink? Both. I love it. Okay. Um, you don't get tired of that. You got to have some variety. <laughs> Favorite sex position? Missionary. Mm, okay. Love it. Look, Sharifa said both. She's answering everything like you. I love it. Well, right now, I know you have an appointment after this with the client. I really appreciate you taking the time out. When I say I was ecstatic when you replied to me because I'm always on your Instagram. But everyone, you see us now. Take a snapshot of the screen so you can see Raynell's, um her Instagram. Make sure and go on there. Like it. Follow her. And you know what? If you need to be or feel like you want to tune up for a council session, contact her. She looks like us. You know, she's relatable. Um, oh, Faith says she really enjoyed you. Yeah, she's very good. If it's good. something that I didn't um, 
cover and you want to be just get in my dms and say can you cover this um i do have um another page that i'm doing if you're dealing with affairs i have the affair aftercare page that's for mm -hmm. couples who want to stay together um it's at affair aftercare and then i'm starting a new page is the orgasmic wife um just to keep you coming after i do so Ooh. that's just gonna be uh geared towards my wife so i'm trying to hit everything so i love anything else you want to promote i mean i, I want to you're like a gift to us so whatever okay. don't you you know how to connect with me is go on my instagram and then you can go from there okay so you all please contact her at least Tell her at the very least, share her page, follow her and share her page. And not only that, tell her what a great job she did tonight. Cause oh, I love to hear what you liked about it because that's how I get my content. That's how I know to keep going. What you like or what you want to hear more of. So slide in my DM. Slide in those deep. She likes the slide. Sharifa, now I'm going to call you out on um, Facebook, on this streaming live. She asked for the IG info, please. Really, Sharifa? It's right on the screen. I do this all the time right now. Really, Sharifa? Take a screenshot of this of, of the page, girl. Just call me. Oh, anyways. But um, Renell, I really hope you will come back and visit again because I know we were all over the place, but it's really hard to just, especially she says she sees it now. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's just there's so much under this sexual umbrella. And I'm definitely going to ask you again, um, everyone, the moral of the story is to communicate before, during, after sex. It will it enriches our lives. Yes. Yes. All right. You all share this live. I made it public so it can definitely go to everywhere you needed to go. But Renell, you are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. You have a good night. And let Thank me know if you need anything else. Oh, you know, I will. All this verbal orgasms just got me feeling kind of. Okay. <laughs> Y'all take care. Good night. you for joining me on this episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. If anything you heard today made your soul vibrate, please like, comment, and share this episode with two of your friends. Thank you and I love you all. For the queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self-esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin popping, whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together, black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, man, these black girls are getting a shift together, these black girls getting a shift together, dog.